0: This is Transistor.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a software engineer.
1: And I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. Actually, I want to say I'm now a, a junior Rails developer. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> put that on your resume. I'm gonna put that on my resume. Um, so, how are you doing today, John? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little, a little tired. It feels like I took you out of a, um, I want to say programming slumber, but you weren't in a slumber. You were in a programming trance.
0: Yeah, I was. I was jacked in.
1: And what are you working on right now? What 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 were you uh, still?
0: I well, I always do this. I have multiple branches of code open at once, and I'm just kind of moving around to each one when I get stuck. Or oh, I see. Um, I was actually working on this HubSpot integration because it's actually fairly simple. Oh, cool! <coughs> to to add HubSpot, <coughs> excuse me, as a uh, newsletter option, mailing list option for Transistor
1: customers. Oh, cool. So so that'll be in our integrations section, which is actually, that's a, one of the things that we need to do is I've had so many people ask me this lately. Uh, I've been, I was at a Halloween party last night and I was, um, I've just been running into folks that are like, so what's the deal with Transistor? Like, give me the pitch. And I say, well, we are podcast hosting and analytics. We're a podcasting platform. For businesses and brands that want to start a podcast, and you know, as we figure out what really differentiates us, uh, we get some of that feedback from our customers. For example, we've had quite a few people switch from a host that shall not be named, one of the old time timer players, and they, to be honest, they've done great things for podcasting, but their user experience is just. Not great and their embedded player is not great and so a lot of folks are moving to us just to get a better user experience uh, folks really like that embeddable player that you built it looks good in a lot of situations and so some folks just switch because of that they want to look more professional they want you know uh, they want a nicer user experience when they're using the tool every week
0: could, yeah could be you know the uh, idea that maybe it's being updated more often and it's newer mm-hmm Maybe the other one got lazy and they're just sort of like making money.
1: Yeah, making money. Or they just got too stuck in the old, you know, they're, they're too far gone. They can't, their, their code base isn't versatile enough or uh, flexible enough to, or they just need to do a rewrite, which is always really scary. So yeah, uh, yeah. so that HubSpot integration, a lot of businesses use that. It's, it's pricey, that HubSpot.
0: Is it? Yeah, I never, I'm not, I wasn't too familiar with it. They do a lot. It seems like it does a lot of stuff just other than contact lists.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're one of those enterprise CRM tools. Yeah. Uh, they are, let me see here. So, it's professional is $800 a month. They re, Wow, they have a big jump here. So, free is $0 a month. I don't know what you get with that. And then starter is $50 a month. But then it goes from fifty dollars a month to eight hundred dollars a month.
0: That's a big jump.
1: And then Enterprise is twenty four hundred dollars a month. Oof.
0: <laughs> and people are confused about our price. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, people. Man.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, wow, that's crazy. Anyway, so, uh, cool. Well, that's that sounds good. Yeah, I
0: mean, I you know, I think we're still like you said, we're still sort of. Figuring out what the differentiation is. I mean, we have a lot of potential customers asking us why they would switch or what's what's the difference. or What makes us better?
1: Yeah, and and maybe just for us to be honest, right now we are we are struggling with our our pricing tiers, um, or, or more actually not the pricing. I think is right. I feel like it's um, what we offer in each tier because right yeah the the. To be honest, like I feel like the the downloads per month really fits that nineteen dollar plan. Everyone's getting started. It's really hard to get a podcast up to, you know, even five thousand downloads a month. But what is stopping people from signing up is everybody wants to have a big show, and so in their minds they're like, well, this. This could get expensive, or maybe the, it's too limiting in our mid and upper tier, right? And so we haven't done this yet, but I think we're going to start to do some feature gating, meaning uh, some of our more enterprisey features are going to get added to the higher tiered plans.
0: Yeah, I mean, as we certainly as we build more into it, yeah. Right now, there's not a huge amount of differentiation, so it makes it a little tough. Yeah, to sort of you know, tell people or ask people to upgrade.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we're still we're still playing around with that. We've had some great feedback from folks about you know maybe we need to go um, downloads per episode per month. Um, that that really that you get more and more like what is that? Aver- so we're gonna track average download because average downloads per episode is actually an interesting metric hmm. because the. The challenge, as some folks have illustrated, is that as shows become older and their back catalog is still downloaded, you're, it's it's like exponential growth. If you've got a show with a hundred or two hundred episodes, you can almost guarantee you're going to get thousands of downloads just from your back catalog, even if they're just being downloaded. You know, each episode is only being downloaded twenty or thirty times a month that back catalog starts to really add up. Yeah. And so the the idea is we, we would give folks some sort of metric for, well, if your episodes are getting this many downloads, this is what you pay. And then it's a little bit more, you know, maybe fair. Um, because then you're not being penalized for having lots and lots of episodes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I think that's something that we're going to continue to look at inside of inside of Slack. That's the one thing that I bring up almost every week like, ah, oh, I really want to fix this. It it's not quite right, but figuring out what is right is is the tricky part.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll uh, continue to continue to hash that out. I think we have a lot of feedback I think to go through and sort of Mhm. Um Weigh out the pros and cons of each of those.
1: Yeah, and it might be. I mean, maybe it'll just be a slight shift, or I don't know. Anyway, let's take a break and let's say thank you to our patron, Patreon, Patreon's Patreon supporters. We've got a brand new one, Brad, my buddy from Canada, uh, just joined the Patreon ranks. I've known Brad That's for Brad. quite a while. Yeah, he's a good, <laughs> really good dude. Good musician, good guitar player. Just cool. just one of those good old souls. I think he's the same age as me, but
0: he's an he's an old soul. He's
1: an old soul. Like when I'm feeling gritty or haggard or like just I just need to hang out with another old man on the on the porch. Um he's the kind of person I'd want to hang out with. Just feels like we'd be drinking yeah. drinking sweet tea and playing on your rocking chairs. Yeah, maybe playing a little banjo or something and Sounds good. Yeah. So thank you to Brad for for becoming a Patreon. Uh, who else do we have, John?
0: Uh, we got Darby
1: Frey, a buddy of mine in Chicago. So thanks, Darby. And then we got Kevin Markham and Adam DuVander. And should I try it, Dave? Gunta?
0: Junta. Junta. Close. Junta. It's like GIF versus JIF.
1: Oh, yeah. See, I I'm always trying. To, I think the the pronunciation that I'm making I'm mistaking is in the I U. But it's actually like the I-U-N-T-A, but it's actually, right. I'm just, I'm getting the wrong consonant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dave actually sent me a message uh, on Slack after our last episode, which was a fun one. Our, our trip down memory lane. Oh,
1: yeah. We got tons of feedback from that episode. Yeah. Lots of folks liked it. Um, and it made me think that if we do another show for fun, that would be a great show to do, uh, like we mentioned last time. Just a deep dive into some bit of computer nostalgia.
0: <laughs> it was, yeah.
1: And, you know, this show's not going to last forever. I, one thing I want to, I, we would need to talk about at some point is, I, I think there's this idea that when you start a podcast, it has to be forever. Right. And one of the things we wanted to build into Transistor is this flexibility to start new shows. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to do, you know... I know, a couple seasons of a show, and then you stop.
0: yeah, maybe we maybe we hit fifty episodes and then we do one episode every six months as an update. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. We'll there there's there's um, I mean, I think as long as you have something to say and as long as people want to hear it, you should keep going. But maybe people aren't testing podcasters don't test the waters enough, which, you know, just asking two questions. one, do I still have something to say? Do I still enjoy the show, or am I just phoning it in every week? <laughs> right. And and two, are people still listening? You know, are people still eager to to engage with you uh, in this in the bounds that you've created, the box that you've created for the show. And, um, like, here's an example, and this is, uh, don't get me in trouble for this, but uh, I think Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin have great chemistry together, but their show is still called Back to Work, so meaning it's a show ostensibly about productivity, and I've kind of always thought that, you know, maybe just, like, bookend that show, great run, and even if you start a new show in the same feed, which I know a lot of people wouldn't want to do, but... Start a new show in the same feed or, you know, create a whole new feed, but just it's okay to bookend a show and still even have the same hosts, but say, yeah, you know, this was about productivity, but now we're going to talk about BBSs every week. Yeah,
0: guitars or yeah, yeah, something. Right.
1: Yeah. So for this week, we thought we would talk a little bit about startup expenses. Is that kind of the...
0: Yeah, I think so. The, uh, yeah, startup expenses, uh, how to rein those in, when to spend money, what we've noticed over the past, you know. What are we at now? 10 months. 10 months, yeah. Well, yeah, since, well, I guess since the beginning of the year, yeah.
1: And maybe to start, do you want to give folks uh, kind of an idea on, um, because some of these numbers are hazy for me, how much did it cost us to incorporate through Stripe Atlas and all that?
0: Uh, Stripe Atlas was $500. Okay. There was a little bit of extra with that um, due to some renewal fees for the business license. I think that was a couple hundred bucks. We had some extra lawyer fees, I think, mm-hmm. After once we sort of <clears throat> uh, got our paperwork together.
1: Yeah, that wasn't too much. I'm guessing, uh, I'm just looking for it here.
0: Yeah, it was only a few hundred, I think, because we got a, sort of a... Deal through Stripe Atlas, I think.
1: Yeah, three hundred and sixty-six dollars. Yeah, there was those expenses. Anything else that was kind of substantial at the time? Do you think? Well, there was.
0: I mean, we had our our. Uh, we hired our designer, um, Dylan. Oh yeah. So we gave him, I want to say, twenty five hundred for everything for branding and.
1: Yeah, that was a big expense. Yeah, um, and that might be an interesting one to come back to because. I, I think one of the things I want to do today is is contrast you know the way we've done things with the way other folks often do them and often bootstrappers don't spend that much on design and right. and it might be interesting to well yeah why cuz you were the one that made that decision why did you feel like and and uh, we were joking offline like you are quite frugal when it comes to business expenses,
0: <laughs> yeah, I try to I try to keep them low. I mean, recurring costs. Um, I don't know. Design was one of the things that uh, I really felt was you know hugely important to like set the brand early on and make it look as professional as possible. Mm-hmm. And like I, you know, I have some design experience, but not on the level of of branding and like really I don't know explaining an idea to another designer and having them just sort of like go with it because I, I had I had ideas in my mind of what you know, the mark and the branding could be, but it ended up being completely different than what I would have thought. But it, it, that was what I explained to Dylan, was like, here are my ideas of this thing. Yeah. Um, Kind of riffing on the the transistor idea of like this, you know, like analog transistor, but it digitally and stuff. And so he just like went with it and came up with something completely different. And it was great. Yeah. And, like I didn't, you know, I didn't have to worry about that. We just met every couple of weeks and did some revisions and then settled on it.
1: Yeah. Again, I think one of the 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 traditionally when bootstrappers start a business, you're starting something that you don't know if it's going to work or not. And so the inclination is ah, I'll just jump on one of those logo sites or I'll, I'll try to you know make something myself. And I can understand that tension of of ah maybe I'll just save some money and then once I know I'm onto something I can invest in branding. Right. But there is something to say I mean it's a little bit of a risk, right? Because you could have invested that money and then it could have just been like a bust. Like right. Like there you wouldn't have you never get a return on that investment.
0: Exactly. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I felt I felt like it was uh, an appropriate thing to spend money on at the time. I was sort of, you know, like I didn't even I didn't technically need to start I didn't need to incorporate transistor from the get-go really could have started as something else. But I just felt like, man, I kind of want to, you know, get rolling with this thing and really just start it legitimately, put a little bit of money into it, Mm -hmm. my own money and just like run with it, not have to worry about the business stuff, um, not have to worry about the design stuff and really just be able to focus on building the thing. Yeah. uh, Building the app itself. Yeah. Which I think worked out pretty well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I I had a similar experience with like Mega Maker was the first thing I ever really invested in design up front. For me, it was like, I think I really like this brand name. And regardless of what happens to it, I'm willing to invest the money because I think it's going to be something that I'll kind of treasure regardless, you know, like even if this doesn't work out, I'll just having this branding is is fun for me and worth investing yeah. the money. Right. And the the advantage is when you have a great style guide and a great, you know, logo and you know your colors all figured out from the beginning, it's one way to set yourself apart from the sea of fly-by-night, you know, we built this in a in a weekend put it up on product hunt you know kind
0: of i i agree it's like you know hiring the designer uh if it was me i would have probably just opened up photoshop or illustrator typed gotten a few font ideas typed in the word transistor and like made up some weird logo and then six months to a year down the line probably be like well we should probably spend some money on this on rebranding this thing yeah but now everyone's already used to it so
1: i felt like it was worth it yeah totally I just think it's interesting for us to cuz so many people don't spend money on that. Yeah. It, comparatively, this is all such small potatoes too. Like It really is. Uh we're talking about under, you know, under 5 grand. Um the one thing that we did have to spend some money on is that you had before we had started our partnership, you had already registered the company. And so our corporate filing fees are uh like just to file your I'm assuming this is what it was, is because I'm going through this right now for my personal business. Just to file your corporate taxes, even if you have no like major expenses and stuff, just to get an accountant to do that. Yeah. Can be $2,000, two thousand twenty five hundred dollars, you know, somewhere around that that range. And so we had to pay for that because we had already had a fiscal year, right? Right. What the, the product didn't really get going until, yeah, around January.
0: Yeah. That probably could, you know, we probably could have waited, had you know, whatever, hindsight being 2020, could have waited to use Stripe Atlas until the first of the year, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. when I started, I, did, I didn't know we were going to be partnering up, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. So,
1: so, those are our startup expenses. What I wanted to explore a little bit is just the monthly expenses that go into running a startup. And I'm going to go back to an old tweet I was just telling you about. Uh, Last year at this time, I was looking at my own business and just feeling like I'd started hearing about this Profit First book, um, which kind of talks about ways of running your business to maximize profit. And I'd just been to this uh, retreat in Colorado with a bunch of smart people, Um, James Clear, is the one that organized it. James Clear, Sean Blanc, um, and Sean McCabe had organized this event. And one of the things we talked about was profit and how expenses lower profit, which sounds, you know, common sense. <laughs> yeah. But we... You know, one thing, uh, there's this guy there named Tan Pham. Uh, he is Tan H-T Fam on Twitter. And he he has this... This business he's been running forever. And he said, you know, let's say for let's say your profit margins are five percent. So for every hundred thousand dollars, you make five thousand dollars profit. That's after you've paid salaries, everything. And he said, Well, this event we're going to, this retreat, is costing us at least a thousand dollars. So that reduces your profit to four thousand dollars. So to maintain your five percent profit margin, like most of the usually the way I would think about that is, oh, you know, I'm going to this retreat. Okay, I'm going to need to make an extra 1000 bucks to cover, you know, right. xoxo or whatever. He says, "No, no, no. To maintain a 5% profit margin, you'll need to make another $20,000 within 3 months for the retreat to be a good return on your investment. Do you do you understand the math there? Does that make sense?"
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I'd never thought about it that way before. And so, I was kind of like on this train of feeling like, "Okay, I need to reduce my expenses." And I posted all of my software expenses. So monthly so monthly like subscriptions. WP Engine, $100 a month. Uh, email newsletter, $90 a month. Recurly, $31 a month. Memberful, $25 a month. Media Temple, $17 a month. And you'll see there's some overlap here that I can talk about in a bit. Uh, Audible, $15 a month. Google Apps, $40 a month. Digital Ocean $37 a month. Dropbox, $14. So every business starts accruing these monthly expenses. And I posted this thinking, okay, I want to reduce these expenses. Uh, but then folks who replied, many of whom are great business people, said, you know, this is a waste of your time. If you're if you're trying to reduce your expenses like, you know, maybe I could reduce my my WordPress hosting bill from $100 down to $40. But is saving $60 a month worth my time.
0: Right, or yeah, or yeah, how long is that going to take? Are you better off using that time to get more revenue?
1: Yes. It was in- it's been interesting for me to kind of revisit this, especially since I've started working with you because you like I said, I'm I'm used to just like I need a service and I'm I just take out the card and pay for it. Right. And and I think I've and i'm sure there's people out there listening if you if you identify with this say hell yeah into your podcast player but uh yeah. small business owners can get in this habit of just spending money because the idea is like you got to spend money to make money and there's also this kind of common wisdom that yeah why why are you sweating over 60 bucks a month when you're billing at 100 or 200 dollars an hour like right. you, dummy! Like just, just go make more money. Just send more emails, make more sales, etc.
0: I get in this mind, this like engineer mindset where I'm like, I can obviously. There's a lot of services, third party services, uh, integrations that we can use that are features um, that people would love. But then we're paying a large fee for this other service. Where whereas, like maybe there's a way we can engineer our way to a cheaper solution, or like build our own. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's you know, that's the fun part of, of engineering, but you know, you I guess you gotta like pick your battles and be like, well, do I wanna spend time building this or do I wanna pay, you know, what twenty, fifty, hundred dollars a month for this other service that will save me I don't know, how many days of work?
1: Yes. And there is some wisdom to that. I think that is the conventional wisdom that we've got around to, which is, you know, in the old days it was you'd be in a software company and you know the engineering the the sales and marketing team would say well we need x and then the engineering team would say well we can build that and then you know they would build you you you'd spend thousands of dollars of engineering time building this thing that you could have just bought off the shelf for you know 25 bucks a month
0: right i mean my day job you know sometimes we're like well we don't want to engineer that let's uh <laughs> or like let's, you know, let's pay some money for a thing that's already built and does a great job. Yes. Um, it's not, it's not our main focus. Like, I don't want to build a tax calculating platform mm-hmm. because the, that already exists. Yes. Somewhere.
1: But I think one thing that working with you made me realize is you can get on these ideological trains. So you hear these sound bites, which is, you know, like double your prices, charge more, And on the flip side, don't worry about expenses. Like it's always cheaper for you to buy something off the shelf than build it yourself. And you can get on those trains and then start to not question what you're doing. Meaning, you know, in my personal business in Mega Maker, I've just accrued all of these monthly expenses as, and I, I just rationalize it as, well, this is just the cost of business, right? And, I think one thing I've been kind of that came up for me this past year was uh I think we've talked about this before you know I had some some depression and some mental health stuff um in 2017 you know this advice of don't sweat you know saving money on hosting that makes a lot of sense when you're not uh burning money but when if you you know when I couldn't go to work and I was, you know, I I get into the office and I'd get one thing done a day. That really, like that burn rate, really affected my life. Uh, you know, uh, hundred dollars a month might not seem like much, but you know, when you have five or ten services like that that are all hundred dollars a month, yep, and it adds up. It adds up. And so you know, twelve hundred dollars. A year and then you've got five of those that's six thousand bucks, and you know at the end of the last year, I was kind of like, Man, I could use six thousand bucks right now.
0: I haven't really thought about my reasoning behind you know trying to cheap keep things
1: you were gonna say cheap out
0: <laughs> cheap cheap things keep keep things cheap, or you know reduce costs, but I think the more I think about it, the more I feel like getting rid of a service you depend on that you've integrated with is actually harder than getting rid of crappy code you wrote and adding in a new service. Once you reach a point mm-hmm. that it makes sense. Yeah. So if we started from the get go and depended on like these, all these hundred dollar, $200 services, now we're stuck with those unless we want to engineer our way out of it. Yeah. Rather than once we reach some level of, you know, traffic or whatever that we need to, actually purchase you know a more robust system then mm-hmm. that would make sense
1: yeah totally well and again i think one of the advantages of working with a partner is i was in this habit of just spending money and it wasn't until i had someone in this case you check me and go no like let's not spend money on that i didn't realize how much of a habit i was of just <laughs> spending money and you know I know we've gotten some flack for, for example, your choice to go with Zoho.
0: Oh yeah? <laughs> oh yeah. Have we?
1: There's that got mentioned on stage at Microconf. Nice. They didn't they didn't say us in particular, but I know it was about us. They said they said I was listening to a podcast about two guys that were starting a business, and they went with Zoho instead of Google Apps. And he's from the stage, he said Listen, that's not worth your time. Just go with Google Apps. <laughs> uh, on one hand, I can see I can say, well actually, what do you think about that? That I should get your
0: reaction. I don't know. It's kind of hilarious. Like I get it. I get it. Google Apps is great. I mm-hmm. it, it's way easier to set up and But again, it's like it's not even much money. It would be like I don't know how much how much a month it would be for us. Like 10, 15 bucks, 20 bucks a month, but like
1: yeah. Well, I mean, now it's increased. So it used to be $5 per month per user. Now it's $10 per month per user. Okay. But again, if you go back to my my tweet that I'm going to include in our show notes, this is episode um, 32. So sass.transistor.fm slash 32. Um, You can get these show notes. But if you look at my Google Apps expenses, and I got in when it's $5 per user... Um, I'm at forty dollars. Well, well, why is that, Justin? Well, because I added other users for different things, and so now I'm paying times four. Right? These things can um, they can expand easily, right? And so you know, we start spending twenty dollars per month on Google Apps, and anything we spend extra right now. Like right now, we're kind of saving up. We're saving for this time when we, you and I can go, uh, you know, start taking money out.
0: Right, right. So yeah, everything we spend money on now is less. We can either pay for our lives or put back into the business because the other, I guess once we talk about monthly expenses for, for Transistor, one of the things that will happen for us is that we will run out of, we got AWS credit through stripe atlas which is essentially paying for our hosting of the app itself outside of you know like media bandwidth Mm -hmm. but that's gonna run out and that's that will be a couple hundred dollars a month yeah so like we gotta you know keep that in mind i mean you know at the point it runs out we might the hope is we'll be in a better place and you know we'll have more paying customers that will cover it and it shouldn't be a big deal and obviously we have to pay for the hosting. We're not gonna like necessarily cheap out on that.
1: hmm And and the the bigger thing I'm realizing is just once you get into a culture or a habit of spending money, when spending money is is encouraged, there is some danger to that. Where where you you just take the soundbite which is oh come on our our big, our biggest expense by far is salaries like anything else we spend money on is just small in comparison yeah you know, which right. which is true but the 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 flip side is also true that once you start kind of encouraging expenses and you say well expenses aren't a big deal we can always just cover it with revenue y- You could eventually get yourself to the point where you're just (laughs) spending a lot of money. You know, part of me is feeling like back in 2017, I should have been, I should have just reduced my expenses because, you know, I would have been further ahead now than I am. And now I'm looking at this new business that you and I started and I'm like, man, our burn rate is so low. We're not paying ourselves yet, but just outside of our salaries, like, this business really doesn't cost us that much. And there's something about that that I think is healthy. And maybe we're eventually going to need, you know, maybe once we get to scale, it really doesn't make much sense to sweat over these small little expenses.
0: Right. Probably not. But I think it, you know, it reduces a certain amount of stress now that we just don't necessarily have to worry about.
1: Yeah. Again, I think you need to be careful about who you're following advice from. So, you know, there there are people who have been bootstrapping for years or people who are in the funded startup ecosystem. And the idea of saving $10 a month or $20 a month on Google Apps is ridiculous to them. But this is your journey,
0: business owner. And also... We're only using it for email, right? Like it's just, we're not using, we wouldn't necessarily be using Google apps for like all of the things in there. Mm-hmm. All I wanted was a, it was email that's with our own domain Yep. that doesn't cost a ton of money or anything right now. And, uh, I set up my email through, you know, a desktop app or on my phone. I don't even use the Zoho web app and it, I don't notice a difference. Yeah. It's email.
1: Yeah. It's email. <laughs> exactly and and maybe this kind of questioning is good anyway, because sure we're we're sweating some small details now. some things are worth spending money on, right? for example, podcast hosting <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that that's a good expense Bra- good branding good good branding is worth spending money on we um and we'll get into this in a bit, but we and we said this before, we spend quite a bit of money on podcast editing, yeah. Um, and eventually we're going to, you know, more and more of our bill, our expenses will be hosting, uh, like, you know, Amazon, the cost to Amazon web services and stuff. Yeah. But it's okay to look at your expenses and go, Hmm, well maybe I should optimize some of this every once in a while.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get in, like I said, it's keeping the expenses low reduces the stress of having to worry about that. And I I wouldn't, if it got to the point where, all we were doing was sitting there trying to squeeze out every penny, then we wouldn't actually be building the thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like it's taking up all of our time.
1: I think it's also just way easier to be thoughtful about this stuff now. For example, there's a a messaging like chat widget company. I don't think I need to name names, but people know who I'm talking about. Um, That uh, has increased prices three times in the last year. And so, folks are now, you know, startups that were spending, you know, whatever, are now spending $500 a month for that suite of products. I think it's good to spend money for services, right? Like, if, if we need to spend money on our chat widget, I'm fine to do that. But I think there's also, you know, this idea of always, like, charge more and like that businesses should always be charging more and then you know on the expense side we should always just be like wow it's always easier to buy than to build there there, there is patina to all of this there's
0: yeah yeah the example of the the chat widget you're t- you're talking about i think it's like they they realize that their, their market are these other companies that are making a ton of money or have a lot of venture capital which just Makes sense from their perspective, but it really does price out people like us, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. I mean, I get it for them, like, that's great, but they were once in the spot, we are, or their other customers were, right? They were just starting out, they had to keep their prices low, and then yeah. um, they become this well-known name, and everyone wants to use them, but it's just, like, completely unapproachable. And maybe these companies have, you know, money to throw away, mm-hmm. or whatever, but... Just because you have you know twenty million dollars in the bank doesn't mean that you know five hundred dollars service every month. If you have however many you have of those, is gonna it's
1: just gonna, <laughs> yeah. It, all of this stuff can scale, like the yeah. Anyway, so I'm sure we're gonna get lots of feedback on this. I, I I'm I'm fine with that. I know I hope so. I know we're we, we are naive uh, people just starting out, but I I have been thinking about that. That especially because the advice of you can always make another $200 to cover that thing that you just paid for. Sure, you can, but sometimes that just means you're working harder just to pay for this thing. Right. And, and maybe, you know, really all you really need is web hosting, email newsletter, podcast hosting. You know, a chat widget thing. Like, th- maybe you can limit what your business is spending on, spending money on, and just have a better life, and not have to stress out all the time about, you know, okay, well now we gotta, you know, we're we're paying for HubSpot Enterprise now, which is whatever, <laughs> right? Like,
0: yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, sure, if we had a bunch of money, I would love to have a $2,000 hosting bill with like the biggest, awesome, best servers, but that's not the case.
1: Yeah. Well, and then eventually when you get big, it makes even more sense for you to negotiate, right? Like the big, the big guys, Yeah. Walmart, they negotiate their credit card processing fees like crazy, do you think they're spending the same amount on credit card processing as? Oh yeah, like a, not. a main street business. No, because a tenth of a percent for them makes a big deal. Exactly, and so w- I, that tenth of a percent, it, the equivalent for us is saving ten twenty dollars a month on on our email or on whatever our email. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Zoho's Zoho's great. Use
1: them. <laughs> so. <laughs> What are our monthly expenses right now? How um, how can we break it out? Let's see. So we have our, uh, well, we have some
0: yearly expenses, uh, things like domain name renewal, which is a hundred bucks a year. Yeah. Not terribly a lot. So that's what, $8 a month or something. Yeah. We have AWS is nothing right now, but will be probably, I would guess by the time we run out of credit, two to $300 a month.
1: Let's just put $300 a month just for.
0: Um, we have some other hosting we use to host uh, our actual media, like audio files outside of Amazon, which right now is about uh, 50, I'd say 40 to, let's say 60. Okay. That'll, that'll keep going up as we grow. Yeah. Um, it, until, until the point where it makes sense to actually probably use a, a large, like I said, a larger like CDN service that, we can actually negotiate prices with. Yeah. Um, and then we have, we pay Chris to edit the show, which is roughly four times a month, sometimes three.
1: Yeah. I'd say it fluctuates between, uh, let's see, so probably 240 to $320 a month. Yeah. And that's an interesting one because I, I think some folks will go, well, you, you folks just talked about how it, you know, it, you got to rein in your expenses and stuff. Honestly, like the money we spend with Chris is worth every penny.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, once we're done recording this, sometimes it's late on a weeknight. Neither of us want to edit that. No. Nor do I know how. I mean, I'd love to, Honestly, I'd love to learn how and I can sit down with some people at the office, but like, I'm not going to necessarily do it.
1: Yeah. I, I think the one thing about podcast editing is it just especially for us, because we have limited time. And so that's actually something that saves time. All we have to do is do our phone conversation, drop our files in Dropbox, and Chris just takes it from there.
0: Yeah, and he does a great job. It's like kind of like hiring Dylan to do design where Chris will add in these other like flourishes and sound effects and things that you wouldn't we wouldn't have thought of. Yeah.
1: Or we would just have to have more mind space to think about it.
0: Yeah, and I just don't, I don't,
1: don't have that right now. (laughs) Uh, I I'm writing our show notes right now, um, which does take some time, but it honestly, like, just to not to have the the finished product just magically show up in our transistor account every week is so nice.
0: Uh, What what else do we have? I mean, yearly we have like our business. Whatever incorporation fees, which are, I want to say, two hundred dollars a year, maybe.
1: Yeah, yearly accounting for a corporation is about two grand, I think. Yeah, and that's just man, it sucks because <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're doing, you know, uh, you know, this year will will probably be our financial year. You know, I don't know what we'll, what our total income will be, but it doesn't mean matter if you're making ten thousand dollars a year or. Twenty million dollars a year. I'm sure your your accounting fees go up a little bit, but I, that it's a lot more in the starting at the start.
0: Right? Yeah, I just I don't know enough accountants. <laughs> <laughs> do I have a friend who's an accountant? I don't know if I do. That's um, the thing.
1: We could trade. We could trade some accounting for podcasting. But sure, that's it's one of those things where you kind of got to bite the bullet I'm on that.
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as a monthly, I
1: I'm trying to think what else we pay for. Can you think of anything else? Uh, there's some bank, bank service charges that we pay a little bit of money for, but not very much. We have, uh, we have flywheel for our marketing site.
0: Right, that was what a hundred bucks for the year.
1: Yep. Uh, we have some WordPress plugins. Uh, like Yoast is yeah. eighty nine dollars a year, and again. I was just about to say, not a big deal, like eighty nine bucks a year, not a big deal, but those are the things that add up. You add,
0: right, and you've yeah, you forget about it, and then at the end of the year, you're like, oh crap, didn't save money for that.
1: Exactly, like you're. There's always. I think the main point is that all of these things can add up. It can seem immaterial at the time, and I know we're gonna get email about how, like, as soon as we hire our first person. <laughs> It's going to be like, well, there it goes, fifteen grand a month or whatever, right? Like the, the, that, the scale of these things is important. But if you look at our revenue to expense ratio, for sure, like so far this year, we've we've already uh, we've already got almost ten grand in expenses, which you might say, well, that doesn't sound like, you know too much, but our total income is like 11 grand or something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, comparatively, our expenses are high as a percentage of, you know, the business.
0: And some of that, though, was paid by money that we each kind of contributed.
1: That's right. So... That's right. Exactly. Like, um, yeah, that's a good point. There's So, yeah, there's nothing really... Hosting, software... Uh, advertising and promotion, we've paid a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we did, what, stickers and some T-shirts or something, but...
1: Yeah, it's so easy to look at these things. And I think it's the scale that is hard for people to understand because if you are working for Cards Against Humanity or you're working for a 10-person startup, as soon as you add 10 people, you're probably paying at least 10 to 15 grand per person, just for salary and, you know, computers and... Oh, all.
0: not to mention health insurance in the oh, US. Oh, yeah. Health, uh, huge expense yeah. here.
1: So, Man. the scale is what's different, because our little piddly expenses might seem so piddly <laughs> compared to, to that, but when you look at it as a percentage of our total income, I think there's something there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I you know, I think I, I knew or had a good guess that, that hosting and hosting and bandwidth would be our biggest expense. And I think that'll probably continue. Well, until, I mean, no, until we like, hire someone, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, that, that'll be another conversation. Like uh, at one point we're definitely not even close to hiring somebody right now. No. So yeah, I, I think I'd be interesting in, in folks' thoughts. If you want to reach out on Twitter at Transistor FM or reach out to us any other of the other yeah, ways, you know
0: what 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 types of uh, services are you saving money on, or what do you what do you think is important enough to spend money on that saves you time and effort?
1: Yeah, and what and what rationale do you use, and maybe even just if you are a small business owner. Like if you are a solopreneur or you've got a little two-person partnership or a little five-person agency, maybe just asking yourself that question, have I gotten used to spending money? Do we have a culture of just, you know, that's ah, no big deal. Just, you know, put it on the credit card. Mm-hmm. There's almost like some ego in there as well. Like, oh, of course we can afford that. It'd be interesting to have people's thoughts around that too. Like, have you actually looked at these expenses and thought about the repercussions of having that attitude?
0: Yeah. What what do those add up to a year and does that, does it, does it amount to enough to almost like hire another person versus, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe some of those expenses are legitimate and they're like things for the team that really... Encourages people to, you know, work hard or have, you know, have a little fun, stick around longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of those things can certainly add up. I mean, I've, you know, seen that stuff at the day job for sure. And I, and it's not even, I'm not even, you know, obviously in charge of the books or anything, but.
1: And you can, the thing is you can model these things. Uh, Maybe I'll include this. I did this spreadsheet where I I just go through different ideas like, okay, what if I increased revenue by 10%? How does that compare to decreasing expenses by ten percent? So, using my two thousand seventeen numbers, if I increased revenue by ten percent, my net profit would go up to twenty grand. If I decrease expenses by ten percent, my net profit would just be seven uh, eight grand. So, yeah, increasing revenue by ten percent has a big effect for sure. But the 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 problem with all these all this modeling is. Sure, but what happened if your revenue decreases by fifty percent? <laughs> or what if you were able to decrease like the the relative nature of this depends on what number you start with? You know if I decreased my expenses by fifty percent and maybe so people are saying, well, it's always easier to make ten percent more, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually easier for me to decrease my expenses by fifty percent. And in that case, I would have made you know, $32,000 profit. I, I guess I'm just revisiting this. And maybe I'm, again, I, there's some accountants listening to this, and maybe you, you folks want to look at the numbers or whatever, but...
0: Yeah. Well, this will be, this will be a good, when we do our, our recap in a year, one of our occasional, our occasional episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Recap how things are going. We'll look back at this and see what our expenses are.
1: We'll, we'll just a call the episode three-hour budget session. <laughs> 2019, and it's just I was going through our books.
0: There's a lot of calculator sound effects.
1: Yeah, yeah. keyboards. Exactly. Yeah,
0: it's us doing. It's basically an episode of us. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, I'm I'm ready to leave this, but I just want to reiterate again because because I feel passionate about this. I'm talking to the the listener right now who's building something on their own. Your journey is your journey, and you can get feedback, and ideas, and wisdom from the gurus out there. But at the end of the day, you have to live with your decisions. And yes, there is some wisdom that comes from experience. But remember, some of these gurus, when they started their company, that was 20 years ago. And I will bet you any money that back then, they were pinching pennies more than they are now. And so you really need to think about your startup journey or your building journey or whatever as your journey. And you know take the advice from other people, but put it in your own context. Because whether it comes to increasing revenue or decreasing expenses or getting funding or not getting funding, at the end of the day, you just have to figure out what is going to work for you. And that's part of the deal. Like if you're if you're just always just photocopying what worked for someone else 15 years ago, uh, I think you're going to be unhappy.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. So we'll close off that discussion. Um, Any app updates this week?
0: Uh, Not a lot. I honestly every week I keep saying we're going to get Spotify analytic integration and we're going to get free SSL out the door. And then I don't quite finish it. (laughs) Um, That's just sort of (laughs) sort of where we're at. We're, we're uh,
1: moving the ball forward. It's
0: yeah. There's been there's progress. Like I said, I have uh, a couple different branches in, in Git opened up <laughs> in various in various points of completion. Maybe that sort of signals an issue with how I work. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> John, we can't be too self conscious here,
0: right? 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 So not a whole lot. You know, continued a couple of YouTube tweaks. Like I said, finishing up this um, HubSpot integration for anyone who uses that. The the Rails coding that you had started mm-hmm. and fin- some of it finished uh, is out the door.
1: Yeah. So if you go to your... If you're a customer and you go to overview, and then on the right sidebar, you can click RSS feed, that will now pop up to a, a modal. And I've already noticed this has impacted our uh, customer support burden because at least we have a place... A lot of folks... Um, and this is completely understandable, but I'd forgotten about this. They they don't understand this idea of a feed, right? They, they don't they don't get that. And so, um, and we certainly need to get better at this, but that we have to explain to folks. Oh, wait a second. Okay, so a podcast is built on top of this thing called RSS. RSS feed, RSS is like a it every time you create a new episode, it's like a record of your episode, and we submit that to all of the directories, like Apple Podcasts and everything else. Right. And they read this this feed that's alive. Every time you publish something new, it gets updated. You, you know, we have to explain these concepts to folks. And if they were just to look at the feed and just see a bunch of XML, it's not extremely self-explanatory.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me, obviously, because I'm a developer. But also, a lot of these people, like with Chrome, it will open up the RSS feed and actually show you the XML. Yeah but with firefox and with safari it doesn't actually show you anything meaningful it tries to open an external app yeah and so people are like i just clicked on this link and it went nowhere yeah or it's a bunch of gibberish and like i don't understand what i'm supposed to do with this exactly which you know makes complete sense so
1: yeah exactly so um yeah that's that's fun to get that out the door yeah um and yeah we're we're continuing to work away thanks to all the customers that keep giving us great feedback uh I think one thing we could say is we've just crossed another milestone. We are above $3000 in MRR. Oh nice. Um both in um if we look at our Stripe billing metrics um uh-huh. well actually Stripe is we're just under 3000 and our profit well metrics uh have us just above 3,000. Nice. So
0: that's, that's big. That's a good number.
1: Yeah. It's pretty, pretty fun to, um, I don't know how that tracks with what we were, you know, in our original estimation of like, Oh, it's going to take us five years to get to scale. Uh, but that feels like, it's just like, wow. Like that's, yeah. We're, we added almost $800 in new revenue this month.
0: Yeah. That's that's really good. So what's the next, what's the next one? Five, five grand? Five grand
1: is the next, uh,
0: the next big one. Well, and I, 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 I kind I of, I'm going
1: to probably, I'm going to celebrate every thousand, I think.
0: Every thousand. Yeah, that's good.
1: Um, and once we are, we're able to look at those pro plans, you know, I, I just, I really like the $19 plan. It just feels like for startups and smaller companies and smaller, you know, personal brands, that's just a great, here, but I know we could be adding value to companies that you know $99 a month is nothing for them, and yep. um, uh, and we could give back way more. What are you laughing
0: at? <laughs> We're saying it's nothing for them. We just had a discussion about how everything adds up, yeah,
1: yeah. The irony, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but it, it's just like anything, right? Like, yeah, the. I think value is proportional.
0: Well, what they say is the value of something is whatever people are worth paying for it, right? Willing to whatever people willing to pay for it.
1: That, yeah. That's true, but that I think <laughs> we're getting back into it now. But <laughs> the scale of that is what matters, right? Like if right. if you're a solopreneur, nineteen dollars a month that that's you know that you got to think about it, like. Hmm.
0: Yeah, if you're not if you're not sure if you're getting value out of it or if you're making your investment back, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we've had that we've had that question on from several customers, potential customers. How do I make money out of my investment? Yeah. Like, uh, I never really thought about it like that, but.
1: Yeah, like what? How is this? And I mean, we have some folks that start a show on Transistor, and they put their Patreon link in. And then patrons pay for more than their transistor bill. And for them, that's a great way to just move forward. Yeah. You know, there's other folks that are going to... We have to compete every month and every year for someone looking at the list of things that they're spending on and going, okay, is this worth, you know, our investment? And if you're a solopreneur making $100,000 a year, you you almost have to compete a little bit harder than if you are, you know, a company of 10 people that's making, you know, well over a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Then $99 a month doesn't seem like such a big deal. Um, And then if you scale it from there, like there's a lot of companies out there making $10 million a year or 20 or 30 or 40. It, there is something about scale in this whole conversation, so. Definitely. I think that's it, folks.
0: I think so. Thanks everyone for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next Tuesday.